What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Visitor's Bullpen. I'm Matt Wyrick with Kevin Haswell. Kevin, we got game day coming to JMU's campus today. They're already here uh, getting set up. How are you feeling for this weekend? Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good week, but we got some baseball on tap tonight. Uh, big game five, Cubs, Nats back in Washington. Should be a good game. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, there's been some great postseason baseball, some crazy storylines already going on. Um, what we thought was the best team in baseball in the Cleveland Indians already knocked off by the Yankees. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into some AL and NLCS previews. Obviously, the Nats and Cubs still have one game left to be played, but we wanted to keep our show consistent on Thursday. So we'll go ahead and talk about that game a little bit and then talk about maybe who the Dodgers do or don't want to face. We'll go ahead and get on the American League side first, though, and we'll just have, we have to talk about the Yankees and Indians. I mean, what an incredible series. Yankees down two games to nothing, or down, yeah, two games to nothing. Um, came back and won three straight against a team that had won 33 of its last 37 games in the regular season. I mean, this was just an incredible feat for this team. Yeah, you know, I, I got to give props to Joe Girardi. He's done a great job with this team. Uh, general man manager Brian Cashman. Made some great moves this offseason. You know, you go through the lineup, and and it's been one of those postseasons where, you know, home runs win you the games. You've seen it. You know, the Nats clinched or won their game yesterday. Well, off the ninth inning home run. Was it the bottom of the eighth? No, it was the ninth inning, yeah. Ninth inning home run, grand slam by Michael Taylor. Really sealed the deal. sorry, that was the eighth inning. Yeah, yeah, Um, Michael Taylor was eighth inning. You know the the home runs are being are huge for these teams. You know you look, you go through the Yankees lineup. Uh, they have four guys or one, two, three, eight guys with an OPS plus over one hundred this year. Um, you know a lot of guys stepping up. Greg Bird definitely has stepped up in the playoffs with a big home run earlier in the series. Uh, and then you know it, it's going to be tough for them going into this Houston Astros series because their rotation and lineup doesn't really match up. Uh, with the Astros too well, the Astros have the edge both in the lineup and in the rotation. But then, the where where the Yankees have a huge advantage is in the bullpen. You know, uh, you look at Arolis Chapman really turning around, three point two two ERA to finish the season. Uh, big game last night with the final strikeout, which was kind of funny. I don't know if you saw. Um, he was they were celebrating their win and. Uh, Gary Sanchez had the ball in his back pocket and Todd Frazier was trying to take the ball out of his back pocket as they were celebrating because Gary Sanchez actually forgot to tag the runner running to first base in the Indians. Mm-hmm. So Frazier was trying to take the ball out of his hands while they were celebrating to go tag the runner. Wasn't able to do it, but the runner didn't run to first. So it didn't matter, but I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but back to the bullpen, you look at Rollins Chapman. Chad Green has been amazing. Uh, 1.83 ERA this season. Dylan Batantis and Adam Warren to cap off. Also, David Robertson has been terrific since they brought him over. So there's five guys right there that the Yankees can really go to, whereas you look at the Houston Astros bullpen, and you only have Ken Giles, Chris Davinsky, Will Harris, and Will Harris, you know, three guys. Um, but outside of that, they've been really horrific in the back of their bullpen. So uh, I think that it, that could be the one place the Yankees could have an advantage in, but uh, if, if their starters aren't able to get it done, it's gonna be it's gonna be all Astros in this series. Yeah, just looking at this Indians Yankees series, I mean, they did it without Judge basically doing anything all series. He went one for twenty with sixteen strikeouts in the AL. I mean, walks. Uh, he had 
four walks. So got on base five times, had one double, and that was it. So they were able to pick him up. And I think um, they said this on the broadcast last night, but Didi Gregorius had himself an incredible series. Obviously the two home runs in game five, but overall um, just something that not a lot of people were expecting out of him. Starling Castro had a great series. Todd Frazier did as well. So, you know, you look at up and down this lineup and it doesn't, you know, pop off the page like the Indians lineup did, but they had um, some lesser names step up, and that's all what the postseason is all about. On the flip side of things, though, the Indians, you know, they weren't getting the production out of their stars. Lindor was hitting 111 in the series. Jose Ramirez, 100. And when Encarnacion didn't have a hit, obviously, battled some only, injuries. Only played three of the five games. Only played three games. Michael Brantley only played three games, hit 091. So all of their stars were really not pulling their weight, um, and it was evident as to you know, a big reason for where they weren't able to score runs. Um, obviously, you got to give credit to Luis Severino, Masahiro Tanaka, and CC Sabathia for having some great starts there. But overall, I think this lands on the shoulders of the offense and Corey Kluber, who, you know, just imploded. And after having such an incredible postseason last year, uh, just couldn't, wasn't himself at all. And there are some rumors that he might be battling a back injury, but he wouldn't say as much. So we'll have to speculate about that for now. But I mean, this is a team that looked like the, the team to beat going into the postseason. I think they were the most popular pick to win the World Series, and it just looks like a much more open playing field now. Um, Dodgers are obviously still in it. Astros, also a 100-win team. So Yankees have a tall task ahead of them. They're going to try and be – they're going to already had to beat 100-win team. Now they've got another waiting for them in the ALCS, and I think it's going to be a great series. Houston overall just dominated Boston in almost every facet of the game. Um, their offense was on point. Pitching staff, they got some nice starts from Justin Verlander, and Keuchel's going to be starting game one in that ALCS, so they're already looking to you know line up their starters in a way that the Yankees are not going to be able to compete with. It's so funny that we talk about this now because we used to rip the Astros for all of the pitching woes that they have, and yet they're going to be facing a team that didn't do much. They, they added Sonny Gray. And Houston added Justin Verlander, so they each you know, went into that starting pitching market. But Gray hasn't been the pitcher that they were hoping he'd be. And don't forget about Jaime Garcia. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. got him, and he really hasn't done much for them either. So Exactly. So it's going to be – I think this is going to be a story of two great offenses. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Aaron Judge can get back on track. I think that's going to be a big storyline here. If Didi Gregorius can carry on what he's been doing. He's actually had a pretty underrated year. A lot of people haven't been talking about it, but he's had a great season for them. Um, and Greg Bird coming alive in the playoffs as opposed to, you know, a shaky regular season hasn't really lived up to the hype that he had before because, you know, he was much more heralded than Aaron Judge ever was as a prospect. So for him to step up in the postseason like he has, uh, I think I think this is going to be a great series, especially on the offensive side of things. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, I, I wanted to go back to Didi Gregorius because, you know, the, the big two home runs is – is nothing compared to what he's done all year. Uh, really a terrific year, especially as a shortstop. What he did last night, though, two home runs off the Cy Young Award winning, probably the Cy Young Award winning, Corey Kluber. Uh, Kluber in the in the series was pitched six and a third innings and gave up nine earned runs. Uh, just didn't look the same, like Matt said. There could be an injury there, but we're not sure. Didi uh, Gregorius, though, 25 home runs, 87 RBIs, with a 106 OPS plus this year, and he's carried that right into the playoffs. If he continues to hit in this Yankees lineup, especially if Judge is able to turn around and hit for some power uh, against the Astros and Gary Sanchez, um, you know th- this is a lethal Yankees lineup, and you know they're going to need they're going to need Gregorius to continue to hit 
if they, if they want any chance to beating uh, the Astros. Yeah, I mean, you look at the games one and two, Verlander and Keuchel. Keuchel went five and two-thirds in his first game, allowed one earned run, seven strikeouts, while Verlander went eight and two-thirds inning, allowed three earned runs, and only had three strikeouts. But those two, those are definite one and twos. Um, and with Houston holding the edge and seating, um, they're going to get to host. So it's going to be a tall task for New York to go into those games and come out 2-0. I think it would be a great moral victory to come out 1-1 one and one and you know get into the weeds of both of those rotations because after that, there's a major drop-off. They're probably going to go to either Charlie Morton, who gave up uh, two earned runs and four and a third. Uh, it's, there's not a lot of great options, I think, for them beyond, you know, Brad Peacock gave up three earned runs in two and two thirds innings, wasn't sharp at all in his start. So if that's those are the two guys that they're going to stick with, um, McCullers didn't get a start in the first series. It's interesting to see maybe if they decide to go with him instead of Morton or Peacock. But I think after those first two games, if New York can get into get one and one, you know, it's going to be anybody's series. And I think after with how Tanaka pitched, with how CeCe Sabathia pitched. Sonny Gray has that potential, and Luis Severino has that potential. New York might actually hold the edge in the overall rotation depth, I think. Obviously, I think Houston is much better at the top, but as you get into the weeds of that, those rotations, it really gives New York a bit of an edge there, and I think that could play a huge difference in this postseason. Yeah, Houston's rotation is really top-heavy, and when you when you compare them down, you know, like Matt said, if... if the Yankees are able to, you know, steal a game in Houston and make it one one. Then the back end of their rotation is much better than the back end of Houston's rotation. So, you know, Sonny Gray, CC Sabathia proved last night he can pitch in a big game, uh, especially with the age he's at now. Uh, great year this year though, fourteen and five with a three six nine ERA and almost one hundred and fifty innings pitched. So, it's not just the playoffs, or yeah, it's not just the playoffs. He's pitched well in the regular season, but. You know, it's going to be very important. They need to steal a game uh, against Keuchel or Verlander in Houston, which is not going to be an easy task. But if they're able to do that, uh, the Yankees have a real shot. If they go down 2-0, though, it's going to be really hard for them to come back. Uh, and I don't see it happening. So, uh, like Matt said, major key, getting that one win in Houston for the Yankees. If they're not able to do so, I think, I think Houston's heading to the World Series. And it's kind of funny because if they go to the World Series – I don't know if you remember, Matt, but they put sports on Sports Illustrated cover that the Astros are going to be 2017 World Series champions. Uh, be really cool to see that happen. Yeah, my actual preseason pick uh, was Astros over Nationals in the World Series. So right it's now still that's alive. still alive. We'll see what happens. But I think uh, another big key here is obviously that Houston offense against the New York pitching. While we, like we said, they have that depth at starting pitching, they're even better in the bullpen as we saw last night. You know, coming in after Sabathia started to wear down in that fifth, sixth inning, um, bring in David Robertson, close it out, uh, Roldis Chapman, just an all-around great bullpen. And I think, you know, big keys here, Jose Altuve hit 5.33 in the first series. Josh Reddick had a big series, so did George Springer and Julius Gurriel. So overall, and Carlos Beltran for that matter, um, I think that with how deep this lineup is, it's going to be, you know, push and shove here. I think that there's going to You'll be surprised to see maybe some good pitchers give up some runs when some good hitters maybe not hit as well. Um, as we've seen in that cubs Nat series, you know, Wade Davis giving up a grand slam to, you know, someone who a lot of people haven't heard of, Michael Taylor, but now Bryce Harper's hitting like 150. So I think that's something that we're going to see um, in this series here. I would expect, obviously, Jose Altuve, George Springer, guys like that 
to you know carry on that success with how good they've been this season. But this is a whole new pitching staff, and it's going to be something to watch for sure. Yeah, the Yankees' uh, rotation has the work cut out for them. You go down, they have 10, the Astros have 10 guys that play at least 71 games this year with an OPS plus over 100. Uh, that even includes Jake Marisnik, who had 16 home runs in 106 games. Uh, then you go up, Marlon, Marwin Gonzalez, a nice surprise for them this year, 23 home runs, 90 RBIs. Uh, Guriel, great, great surprise, 124 OPS. Jose Altuve, one of the best players in baseball. Carlos Correa, also in that conversation. Alex Bregman really came alive, 19 home runs, 71 RBIs. Uh, George Springer, one of the best outfielders in baseball. And then Josh Reddick, consistent, 82 RBIs, 134 OPS+. plus. So there's really no taking a break in this lineup. Uh, even Brian McCann, you know, bit a nice veteran presence to bring over. Uh, I wanted to give credit to the Astros general manager, Jeff Leno, because he really went out and got some veteran presence for this locker room. And, you know, it, it showed in the first series uh, – Sweeping, um, you know, sweeping, and then, you know, you look at the veteran presence and the power they have through this lineup. The only question mark is going to be that bullpen, um, like I talked about before. But if, if, you know, they can jump out early and give this rotation the runs they need early in these games, um, the Astros are going to come out on top. you got to give a lot of credit to A.J. Hinch's manager as well. Uh, he took over prior to the 2015 season when the Astros were coming off a 92 loss season, had just finished fourth in the AL West. But since then, they finished second, third, and third. Um, or, sorry, not second, third, and third. But they've had 86, 84, and 101 wins um, in that division. It's been incredible to see you know the progress they've had. And on the flip side of things, Joe Girardi. Uh, having that game two blunder when he didn't challenge when he should have, and then there was a grand slam immediately after. He took that responsibility for that loss, and the team picked him up there. I was watching first take this morning, and uh, Stephen A. and Max Kellerman were talking about how, like you know, this this team chemistry is so important. Uh, of how a lot of times it's the manager picking up players, but in this case, it was the players who picked up the manager who made a mistake, and um, it goes to show what kind of culture Girardi has created. Uh, with that team. So you got to give credit to both managers. I think they're both brilliant. And um, we're going to be seeing players used very um, interestingly, particularly relievers. Um, Houston's bullpen, obviously not as deep, uh, doesn't have as many options, but you'd like to see Ken Giles go out there for more than an inning at a time if needed, um, just like a role that Chapman has uh, on in the past. So I think overall, these two managers are two of the best in the game, and it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, you know, the, the Yankees team as a whole has a great culture. I can feel it from them. Uh, I know Joe Girardi was booed at home earlier in the series, and that's that's ridiculous, first of all. They're in the playoffs. But second, his team picked him up. They went out, and they won three of the next three. They won three straight games to win the series. Um, and if you're the Astros, you're sitting there, and you're looking at the Yankees as one of the hottest teams in baseball. And, you you know, you're a little scared. They, they got the rotations coming around a little bit. Lineup's starting to hit. Um, and if and the lineup's hitting without their best hitter hitting right now. Well, that's Aaron Judge just, you hope that they're scared because yeah. I, I guarantee you that everybody in that Astros clubhouse was rooting for the Yankees to win the series because nobody wanted to face the Astros. No one wanted to face the Indians. So hopefully they don't look over the Yankees. That that that's a big key here. Is this is a dangerous team? I mean, they have a deep lineup, as we said, um, a serviceable rotation that is definitely going to be able to compete, especially later in the series with the Astros, and then that bullpen is absolutely locked down. So you really hope that the Astros aren't looking past this series to the World Series 
um, because that could be a huge mistake for them. I mean, if the Yankees can get the lead, can hold the lead until at least like the fifth inning, these games are over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Robertson, Warren, Patantis, Green, and Chapman, and Conley too, and Conley. They have all those guys to go to. I mean, just it's just shut down. Chad it's- Green hasn't had a great series. Uh, well, he only pitched a third of an inning and gave up three earned runs, but. Um, he was a pretty good weapon during the regular season. He had also, a one eight three. He was also a big reason they won the wild card game. He mm-hmm. came in early after Severino wasn't pitching well, and he, he was shut down. So yeah, I mean, he only got one appearance. So when they throw him back out there, he'll be looking to avenge that. And um, I wouldn't count him out either. So yeah, from top to bottom, this is this is a great team and one that we probably overlooked going into the. I mean, mm-hmm. you looked up and down the Indians roster, and you were pretty much blown away with how deep they were, how good defensively this team was, their offense, their pitching staff. It didn't seem like they had a hole with Andrew Miller and Cody Allen locking down the later innings. I mean, how would this team lose, you know? But the, the fundamentals that they rely so much on were what cost them. Seven errors in the last two games. Uh, major players, Jose Altuve, Francisco Lindor. I mean, not Jose Altuve, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, not hitting like they're supposed to. Corey Kluber, not pitching like he is. Trevor Bauer coming out in that last start and absolutely exploding. So, you know, this is a team, the Yankees, that was able to take advantage of that. And, I mean, that's just kind of, we've talked about this before, but that's the postseason, you know. You work so hard in the regular season, all these things going right for you, and then a few bounces the wrong way or a wind blowing in or out can make the difference between advancing and not. And in a game five like like it was, uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, everything fell apart for this Indians team that looked like the most consistent team in baseball down the stretch. I think they won 37 of their last 42 games. Uh, that That's just ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. They kind of just fell apart. Um, Corey Kluber said he, he wasn't shocked that they lost. He was just disappointed. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely hard to watch. But, you know, give credit to the Yankees. They won. They were down 2-0 in this series, and, and they put their head – put their head down and went to work and came back and won the series. So um, definitely going to line up to be a good ALCS. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, that's probably going to be Sonny Gray and Dallas Keuchel game one. Uh, obviously one of the best pitching matchups you'll ever see. So definitely look out for that series. Now, moving over to the NL side of things. Um, we'll talk about the Dodgers first and then get in the weeds with the Cubs and Nats series. L.A. absolutely dominated Arizona, won by four the first game, three the second, and two the third. Um, Yu Darvish had a great start. Kenta Maeda did well. Clayton Kershaw was picked up by the offense. So, you know, where one facet of the team would struggle, another would pick them up. And that's what's made the Dodgers the best team in baseball over the course of this year. Obviously, um, my pick, my, you know, hot take of the Diamondbacks winning it all um, a few <laughs> weeks ago didn't prove to come to fruition, but... It's probably because this Dodgers team is just so deep. I mean, Austin Barnes hit 500 in the series. Logan Forsythe, 444. Yasiel Puig, 455. And Justin Turner, 462. I mean, all four of them powered this offense when guys like Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, uh, Chase Utley, uh, Ethier weren't really hitting um, how they have this season. So I think overall, you just have to look at the depth of this lineup. I mean, Logan Forsythe didn't have a great year. Austin Barnes had an impressive year, didn't play as much. Puig hasn't been the guy that he was a few years ago. So, you know, that again goes to show anything can happen in October, and this is a team built for October. Yeah, they definitely are too. And you look at the other side, their pitching rotation, terrific. Especially built for a playoff 
uh, seven-game series. You got Kershaw, Wood, Hill, and Darvish. Uh, I know Kershaw didn't pitch well in the last series, but you have to and expect they didn't even need around. Wood. Exactly. They didn't even need Wood. But, you know, you can come <clears> around. <throat> they got four guys there. Uh, and, and we're not even mentioning, you know, some guys that are hurt that they could have had, like Scott Kazmier. Um, is not even in the playoff rotation. So, I mean, they they have guys around this. They, they built this team for October, and, and it's showing. Uh, and then you go to the back end of the bullpen, Jansen, a 1.332 ERA. That cutter is almost unhittable. Um, and, and Baez and Fields and, you know, Avalon, if he's able to pitch this series, um, he has some shoulder soreness. He missed the last, the NLDS. But they, up and down this uh rotation and bullpen it's going to be tough to beat the dodgers um and the, and the cubs and Nats. i know both of them are trying to advance but whoever wins has got to put their eyes set or put their eyes right on the on the dodgers because they got quite the task in front of them yeah i mean you're not going to beat the dodgers unless your best players are playing like their best <clears throat> and we had paul goldsmith had once hit hit in the series with one for 11 it's an 091 um, batting average, just one walk, three Ks. So not what we're accustomed to seeing from him. David Peralta had a, a tough series, as did Jake Lamb. Um, J.D. Martinez was powering that offense, hit really well. But outside of him and Kettle Marte, there really wasn't a lot to you know write home about for this offense. So kind of a disappointing showing for them. I think that this offense it seemed so deep coming in. It didn't look like they would really um, have much trouble keeping pace with the Dodgers lineup. But uh, the pitching staff for L.A. absolutely showed up. Even though Clayton Kershaw has not, is not himself in the postseason ever, it seems like, um, allowing four runs in six and a third innings. But, you know, that's where the lineup came in. They scored nine runs in that game, um, still powered them to a win. Uh, the bullpen has been pretty good, too. Tony Singrani had two appearances, or sorry, won a game, one inning, two appearances, um, didn't allow any runs. Um, Mayetta, as you said, came out of the bullpen twice. Uh, Tony Watson gave up two runs, wasn't his best showing, but he's going to be a weapon for them as well. And Brandon Morrow. So this is a deep team uh, from top to bottom, pitching staff, lineup, bullpen. Um, Kenley Jansen obviously is probably the best reliever in the game in my opinion. So this is not a team that either the Nats or the Cubs are going to want to face, but who's sitting there waiting for them, sitting pretty, getting all their starters rested up for this series. So... Overall, I mean, Dodgers are, we've talked about them all year. There's a reason that they went on such an incredible streak during the season of, you know, victories before, you know, having that big slump where they lost 11 of 12 games. But, I mean, there's a reason they were that good, and it's showing now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, it's very concerning for both the Nats and Cubs because if you look at the series, neither team has hit. Um, it really has come down to late game uh, runs, you know, just getting, putting runs together, or pulling runs together uh, desperately, and the Dodgers throughout this, the Diamondback series were just scoring runs left and right, so you better hope these, it's it's more the pitching than the hitting uh, in the Snats Cubs series, because if they're going to hit like they're hitting in this series, the Dodgers are going to sweep them to go to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cubs starters, Jake Arrieta, 0 ERA, Kyle Hendricks, 0 ERA, John Lester, one eight six. Jose Quintana, 0. All four starters for the Cubs have been absolutely dominant. And then on the Nats side of things, Stephen Strasburg, 0 ERA. Max Scherzer, 1.42. Gio Gonzalez, five innings, three earned. That's a 5-4 ERA, but still, I mean, you'll take five and three earned from your Game 3 starter. Um, we'll actually start a Game 2 because Scherzer was hurt. But, um, I mean, 
from top to bottom, both uh, rotations have been absolutely filthy, and it's no surprise that you know they've had to feast off the bullpens. And um, Carl Edwards Jr., Mike Montgomery, um, the Nats bullpen hasn't been as bad, but uh, Ryan Madsen hasn't been himself, um, and Brandon Kinsler himself either. So those are two guys that were really relied on down the stretch, um, along with Sean Doolittle and Matt Albers. So if they're going to win this series and then uh, you know take on the Dodgers, they're going to need a reliable bullpen in order to compete, or or else they're going to crumble in the later innings, as we've seen already. I mean, they had that one to nothing win in line before uh, in Game Three, um, and the bullpen blew it, gave up two runs. So uh, while I put some of that on Dusty Baker, it just overall not a great showing for them. Do you think this series has been more about the lack of hitting or the great pitching? I think I think it's been about the lack of hitting. Um, I mean, you look at the stars that aren't hitting. Bryce Harper's not hitting well. Uh, Chris Bryant isn't. But is that, be, is that a product of pitching or is that a product of bad hitting? I, I'd say probably the hitting. I mean, with, you know, it, it's tough to say because you have to give these pitchers credit. You know, Steven Strasburg going and throwing 14 innings of no run ball um, is pretty incredible. Two unearned runs given uh, from errors. But overall, I mean, the Nats, hit, Nats pitchers have helped Bryant to a 200 batting average, Wilson Contreras 182, Hayward 250. Um, the highest batting average of any Cub is 267 by Anthony Rizzo. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So I think that definitely goes to show that, you know, this off this pitching staff is doing its job. But at the same time, you know, they talk about how um, sometimes after the regular season, having that rest a couple days off before that series, while the wildcard game is being played, they have a couple days off um, to, you know, freshen up and everything. That can hurt a, a hitter's rhythm. And that might be what's coming to play here. I mean, on both sides of things. The Nats hitters aren't doing well either. Bryce Harper, 133. Daniel Murphy, 125. Anthony Rendon, 143. Ryan Zimmerman, 188. Those are their four best hitters. Four players who put up borderline MVP numbers this season, and they're all hitting under 200. I mean, that definitely tells me that there's something wrong here um, with the offense, that it's not just, you know, because if a pitcher's doing well, there's got to be some hitter in there that I think really would stand out. And the best hitter so far has been Michael Taylor hitting 273. Uh, three hits in the series. So other than that, the Nats haven't found any offensive success other than Anthony Rizzo. They really have, the Cubs haven't either. So I think part of that might be that layoff in between the end of the regular season and the start of this series. Because you look at those wild card series, I mean, the, the Yankees, ton of runs being scored in that series. Um, Dodgers and Diamondbacks, a lot of runs being scored there too. So, and then you look at the Astros and the Red Sox, not as many, obviously different teams. Um, Red Sox aren't really a high-scoring team anyway, but I think that definitely came into play here. Yeah, and, and this Game 5 tonight has an interesting narrative because when you really look at the managing situation for the Nationals, it can go one of two opposite directions. Uh, first being, can Dusty Baker get it done in Washington if they lose? Uh, you know, they, they haven't made it out of the... Uh, they haven't won a playoff series since 1924 in Washington, so that could be a question. But then if they win, it's almost... It almost just flips to Dusty Baker got them past where no other manager could get them. So uh, uh, this is probably the one of the biggest games that Dusty Baker has ever managed in his career. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see what people are talking about after this game. And, you know, if the Cubs end up winning this game, do they fire Dusty Baker? Do you think they so? They won't even need to, but Dusty Baker's contract's up after this year. so they Do they bring him back? That's, that's the big question. And honestly, I don't think they... 
I think a lot of people within the organization like Dusty Baker. He did what no other manager has been able to do, and that was be good for two straight years. No Nationals team has made the postseason two straight seasons. And if you look at all three playoff teams before this year that started in 2012, it was Davey Johnson in 2012. 2013, they missed the postseason. Davey Johnson, uh, his contract was up and he didn't come back. They hire Matt Williams. They make the postseason that year. Next year, Matt Williams is fired when they don't make the postseason. The past two years, Dusty Baker has made the postseason both years. Obviously, it was a disappointing showing in against the Dodgers. However, I think that series was the most evenly fought series of all three that uh, the Nats have played before this year. And this Cubs series has been pretty evenly fought, too. So I got to give Baker some credit. But at the same time, it's been frustrating to see him stick with the same lineups. Um, he had the first, the same lineup through the first three games. And then in game four, he moved Jason Worth up to the number two spot, despite the fact that he only has, I think, like three hits in the series, if that. One hit in the series. He's hitting 071, and they move, he moved him up to the two spot. Well, then, so, then let me ask you this question. If they win this series, and let's say they lose in five or six games to the Dodgers. They'll bring Dusty Baker back. They'll bring Dusty Baker back. They win this themselves. series. They win the series. Baker comes back. If not, that's a very open-ended question. You don't think it's if they lose, he's gone? No, because I know a lot of Nats brass like Baker. Um, and I think that there are some people, and I believe Mike Rizzo is one of them, that really trusts him and likes what he's done with the clubhouse culture. Um, so I think that's going to come into play. I wouldn't say he's done. If they don't make it, but I would say there's a good chance they don't bring him back. I mean, I personally think he should be gone no matter what. I mean, what he's done to this rotation, he, he's really, you know, pitched, overpitched them all year. So, but at I, the same time, I, they I look at it like as how they handle starters. They've it's gotten just, the best out of Steven Strasburg. They've gotten the best out of Max Scherzer. They got the best out of Gio Gonzalez this year. Last year, they got the best out of Tanner Roark. Um, and and that's something to be said for Baker. You know, player development is something that kind of will get a little underrated in terms of grading managers, but he's done a lot of good things with this team. I think that it is concerning of how Bryce Harper's performed under him. I mean, last year had a big drop-off, could have been his shoulder, we don't really know, but, you know, is that a testament of what Dusty Baker does with offensive players? I mean, we don't really know, so I don't know. I think that he does pitch, he overpitches pitchers, there's no doubt about that, but, I mean, Max Scherzer won a Cy Young with him as the manager, so that that's something to be said. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's not often you go through a rotation, you see two guys over 200 innings, and then two other guys over 175, and one of those was on the DL, so if Strasburg, you know, probably pitches a whole season, probably gets to 200 innings, and then Roark, I mean, he, he didn't pitch very well, so at the end of the day, like, it's hard to keep him out there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's ridiculous, and a, a stat I heard today, actually, that was amazing, um, MLB Network, uh, Steven Strasburg has only given up one earned run in an inning in one of his last 66 innings. Yeah. That's 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 incredible. That's oh, one of the best. Oh, eight, oh, six, nine ERA over his last 10 starts, including these two. Well, that's just insane. 65 of his last 65 innings. Or 65 of his last 66 innings, he hasn't given up an earned run. That's I mean, ridiculous. this game four redefined who, Scherzer, who Strasburg was because people were writing him off because, you know, he had the flu. He didn't, um, reports were saying that he could, said he couldn't pitch. Who do, then, they go, who do they go with tonight, Gio or Tanner? They haven't decided yet. No, but who do you think? They I think they're going to go with Gio. Um, you know, the thing, the, the upside of going with Tanner Roark is, is Joe Madden loves to go platoon splits. And if they put Roark out there and then switch to Gio, they might be forced to um, bench some of their starters and bring in some bench players early or go with reverse platoon, st- platoon splits. But um, I think they can do that the other way too, with Gio going out there and then bringing in Roark. Um, but I think 
I think they should start Geo, but I have a feeling they're gonna start Roark and then have a short leash on him and then bring in Geo if needed. Um, but I think it was good I think it was a good move for Dusty Baker to go with Strasburg yesterday. I think this series is over if they go with Roark yesterday. If they stuck with Roark instead of Strasburg. because um, Roark was supposed to be the starter and yeah. the last second they decided to throw Strasburg out there and you know he pitched a hell of a game. So I mean 14, 14 innings, no earned runs, twenty two Ks, three walks. I mean that's an incredible incredible stat line. Um, that is the first time the Nats have won a playoff game started by Strasburg. He only had one prior to the season, but um, he went seven innings and no runs last time, too, um, in game one. Uh, the two unearned runs, obviously, but um, they lost that game. He got the loss, which goes to show you how fickle losses are um, in baseball. But he, he pitched a hell of a game. Um, Scherzer's reportedly going to be available out of the bullpen. Um, he said he was available for one inning last night if needed. I think he could go at least two tonight um, if they need. So we could see a game entirely pitched by Nat starters if it goes that way. We could see Roark start, Geo come in, and then uh, Scherzer close it out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. But who do you think the Dodgers don't want to see more? I don't think you want to see the Cubs. Much Just less. simply off the fact you, you sure you look at the Nash, the Nats lineup and the Nats rotation, but I just go straight off experience. And the Cubs are a team that's been there, done that. Cub, the same Cubs team also beat the Dodgers last year, so there's that there's that factor there. Whereas these Nats, none of these Nats players, maybe a couple of them, have won a playoff series. The only person I can really think of right now is Daniel Murphy, Jason Worth as well. Okay, um, Mac, Max Scherzer's and, and Max Scherzer, but. That's three guys of the 25-man roster compared to the Cubs, who probably 23 of those guys were on the roster last year. Um, I, I think this, the experience kind of scares the Dodgers, but if you're looking just strictly on paper, on roster, I think it would be the Nats. Um, but I would, I would say the Cubs are – the Dodgers are, are sitting pretty regardless. Yeah, there's a couple other guys too. Weeders won playoff series with the Orioles, and Howie Kendrick was on the Dodgers last year when they beat the Nats. So – Overall, there is some experience on this team. I think you know the lead, the big leaders are Max Scherzer and Jason Worth. Those two guys are the, the two clubhouse leaders, and both of them have been in World Series before. So yes, I think that's important. But at the same time, you know, you mentioned how this team has been there, done that. Carl Edwards is a 19.29 ERA in this series. Has given up five earned runs in two and a third innings. And yesterday he said, "We'll see you in LA." during his post-game press conference. So um, that shows a little bit of immaturity and what kind of looks like inexperience to me, even though he has gone and won a World Series. That doesn't scream experience at me. Um, so overall, There's something to be said about confidence, too. Yeah, but confidence when you've given up five runs. And well, it's also chances. a guy that doesn't have much control over whether they win or lose. I mean, he's no, 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 been no, no, a big no, no, factor. But, as but, I'm saying, but I'm saying if they don't go to him, he has no control. You yes. know what I mean? Like, whereas a starter... Like, if Steven Strasburg or someone, whoever, let's say Gio Gonzalez in an interview is like, we'll see you in L.A. Like, mm-hmm. he has all the control in the world to win that game. Whereas Carl Edwards, like, comes out and pitches one inning, maybe. He has been Gio one of the better relievers this year, so we'll see. Um, but with Wade Davis giving up that grand slam yesterday, that's definitely concerning. I think the rain did play a part. And that ball barely got out. Barely got out, but it was, I mean, still. The wind was blowing in hard, though. Addison yeah. Russell almost had a two-run home run. Yeah, that, he did. That should have been probably but a home run if their wind wasn't blowing. Taylor hard. tattooed that ball, even if it did just barely get out. He was crushed. So, um, he's had sneaky power all year. I've loved watching Michael Taylor. He's one of my uh, favorite players on the team. I'm really hoping they don't trade him this offseason. Yeah, I mean, what do they but, do with Michael Taylor next year with Adam Eaton well, coming back? Well, we got Adam Eaton coming back. Wirtz leaving, so there'll be a spot there. 
but Victor Robles has come up, um, and Brian Goodwinimers on the scene too. So I think one of those three is going to be traded this offseason. Um, not sure who for, but um, with Matt Wieters being pretty bad at catcher, they might try and, and Jose Lobaton gone, they might try and trade for a catcher and regulate yeah. Matt Wieters to a backup role. Um, he has an opt-out, but I highly doubt he's going to take it with how bad he's been this year. So um, overall, trade, Lots of options. And, yeah. And, and Taylor's really stepped up. So Absolutely. That's I'm really cool. hoping they don't trade Taylor. I think he defensively he's one of the best center fielders in the game. Um, so we'll see what they do with him. But overall, uh, he's had a great series. He's had a great year, was hurt for a while, uh, missed a lot of games. But overall, this is a player that, you know, Hitting in that eight spot has been so crucial for them to you know bring that lineup back around, you know get it back up to the pitcher and um, he he hits really well in the eighth spot when he's been moved up in the order he hasn't hit as well um, he had to play a lot and lead off and hitting number two but he wasn't doing that well but when he's in that eight spot he's comfortable um, gets a lot of fastballs so I think you know th- that's playing to his strengths mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I think the Nats you know it's gonna be tough for them tonight because they face Kyle Hendricks who's pitched. Terrific in this playoffs, so um, I'm, I'm excited. Geo, probably Geo versus Kyle Hendricks. So yeah, that's what we're looking at most likely. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Kevin's got one thing though. One yeah, thing. so we we talked about this on an earlier episodes. Uh, me and Matt are starting uh, Pure Sports Network. It's uh, starting in January first. We're actually looking for podcasters and writers uh, and editors for the site. Uh, we already have a couple. We now have an NHL podcast lined up. Um, we have a NFL one called Gold to Go, and we have Visitors Bullpen, obviously. Uh, but we're looking for NBA, college football, college basketball, and maybe soccer. So uh, we'll, we'll send out a link over the next couple of days. If you want to fill out an application, you got some experience, let us know. We're always looking for the new up-and-coming podcasters. So uh, have a great day, folks. Yep. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the World Series.